Hello and welcome to Media MD, your weekly dose of media that you have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And this week we are checking back in on The Good Wife and finding out what I thought of it. So, Correct. why don't we start? <laughs> uh, let's let's start with talking about where I actually got up to in it, shall we? Yeah, I, and I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm fairly interested in hearing a sort of plot summary of, of where you got up to as well, because it's been, you know, six to seven years since I watched most of what you've seen, so... I'll probably need it uh, just as much as any audience members who haven't seen the show will. <laughs> All right, well let's let's do it. So here's the here's the reveal. I got up to season two, episode thirteen. So about halfway I, I counted, through season two. That's, yeah, that's twenty seven hours of of the Good Wife that I've watched in the past <laughs> two weeks. So nice. look, obviously I enjoyed it, and we'll talk about it. Um, but let's do a little plot summary first. So. Season one of The Good Wife opens with Alicia Florrick, a businesswoman. You don't know who she is, but you know that she's walking out onto a press conference with her husband who reveals that he has been implicated in a sexual scandal where he's slept with a lot of hookers, and he's also being accused of political corruption, like trading sex with these hookers for political favours. Um, and he admits to the sexual scandal, but not he, he denies corruption allegations. Um so one of the first plots throughout season one is him trying to combat these allegations and, and get released from prison. Yeah. Um, his wife, Alicia Florrick, who was a high-powered lawyer and retired to become a stay-at-home mom, now has to go back to work so that she can provide for her family. Um, and and that's, that's kind of one of the other plots, is her working at this new firm and her being in direct competition with another junior associate for a position. Um, they hire two junior associates for a six-month probation, and at the end of six months, their plan is to pick one of them to actually give a full-time position to. Yeah. Um, what's what's some of the other plots? That's basically the plot of season one. Um, oh, she also is working with... The, the reason she got this job is because she's working with a friend of hers from college whose name is Will something. Gardner. Gardner, that's it. Um, and she works very closely with him, and they kind of start having a thing um they 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 kiss once towards the end of season one and that's basically as far as it gets but he he clearly kind of catches a case of feelings for her and she the same well and i mean it's uh, or i don't know maybe this is later but it's definitely implied that they maybe had a bit of a thing back at college back in before college, yeah. before she sort of got with peter um yeah and married him yeah yeah and and had two kids with him um so yeah. Season one resolves with her getting this full-time position and Carrie, the other junior associate, being let go. Um, and then he but he, goes, takes, he takes it pretty well. He does take memory. it quite well. And, <laughs> and I want to talk about his character because I think he kind of exemplifies the strength of the character writing in this show. Um, yeah. But he, he goes and he works for the opposition, the, uh, the, the state's attorney's office, who I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what they are. They're like... Souped up district attorneys? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think because Chicago, which is, you know, where it's set, is the capital of Illinois, I, mm. I think. Um, Americans feel free to call us out on any of that. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, but yeah, I, I, so I think it's just, yeah, sort of the district attorney, but for the capital is, is my understanding. And then they'd also handle statewide issues, but I, I don't really know. It sounds fancy. Okay. That's, that's yeah, the main it sounds thing. fancy. It's big, the big lawyer's office. Um, so he goes and works for the big lawyer's office, uh, which is being run by the person who ousted Peter Florick, Alicia's wife, who was uh, Alicia's husband, who was the state's attorney before he got, you know, jailed. Um, yeah. 
and so then it's kind of this this thing about him working for the enemy while peter who has just been released from jail like towards the end of the first season is trying to run for office again yeah and that's basically the plot summary of where i'm up to um there's some other stuff like a new partner joins the firm where alicia works but you know that hasn't really resolved that much (laughs) um so that's like that's quite a short amount of plot to fit into 27 hours and and the reason for that is we talked about this that that the show balances a season season long arcs and serialized content from week to week right yeah um and you said in the first part that you hoped that this would make me reverse my <laughs> very general statement that all serialized content is the worst. And yeah. and I think that's right. Like, I, I did really enjoy the serialized content in this show. And, and I think I know why that is. Um, I, I think the answer is, well, there are two reasons. One is that The Good Wife really has a lot of strong characters, Elliot. Like, yeah. not just the main cast, but you know, the side characters. You mentioned the judges in our, in our prescription, but other lawyers that, that the team kind of interacts with, the judges, they're all, like, very interesting side characters. And so when you go into a piece of, of, of serialized content for the week, it's it's never just kind of stranded with random characters that you don't know. It's, it's always you have yeah. some kind of ties back to reality there. No, that's, that's actually a good point. It, they're not completely throwaway because... Yeah, you're right. The judges or the the other attorneys that that are representing the other side or whatever mm. are usually memorable, and chances are they'll probably come back at some point. One of my favorites is a uh, uh, the assistant state's attorney, I think, um, whose name is Matan. Yeah, he's, he's basically just a big doofus. He, he basically <laughs> just fucks up everything. Um, he's not. He doesn't seem incompetent, but he never seems to do well. It's very strange. Um, one of the other reasons that I think the serialized content works well is obviously it's it's, it's well written, um, but beyond that, it's I, I want to compare it to a show I used to watch a lot when it was running. I don't know if it's still going or not, but um, Castle, right, with with yep. Nathan Fillion, and Car- Castle kind of exemplifies the problem to me with a lot of uh, police procedurals, which is every episode is basically the same thing. Um, <laughs> there's a murder, and and there's usually like. Oh, this time it's a, a nerd who murdered them, or this time it's like uh, we're talking about like murders in the the, the um, erotic dancing community or whatever it is, you know. But it's always just a murder, um, and sure. then they they find some clues and then they catch the murderer, and then that's the episode, you know. <laughs> it's it's very formulaic. Um, whereas in the Good Wife, the the serial content one, it's it's usually very very different from week to week. Um, so yep. sometimes it's a murder, sometimes it's a, a class action lawsuit, sometimes it's them just talking to a witness for basically the entire episode. Um, yeah. And and it, it makes it a lot more dynamic. And the other thing is, you don't really know how it's going to end. It's not just going to be, they're going to figure out who the murderer is at the end. Yeah, um, sometimes they lose. Or, sometimes they or lose, or, or sometimes one of the episodes in the, in the, at the very start of the show is about them figuring out who's bribing one of the jury and like the actual plot of the case kind of is irrelevant for most of it because it's just them trying to figure out which juror is being bribed and who's bribing it. Um, and, and that's just kind of the whole episode. It's, it's very fascinating. They don't, it's not just about let's find the murderer. It's about, you know, different, very different things from week to week. 
Yeah, and and I I don't know if you sort of would have gotten this far, but eventually they they start to change it up a bit more by um the firm sort of starts to branch out and they enter different types of uh of sort of legal systems. I, I, like mm. so, you know, we already talked about you know there's obviously differences between say criminal versus civil. Yeah. Um, cases and all that, and like uh, you know, there's some episodes where they end up uh, in like military tribunals, and I, I yeah, think it's a bit yeah. unrealistic because you know people <laughs> specially train for that, so it's kind yeah. of a bit ridiculous that they that they go in there, but it it's worth it for the fact that yeah, it keeps the show fresh. Yeah, one example is there's there's quite a, a senior partner at the at the firm who is who works in family law and earns yeah, a lot of money for the firm. David David Lee, right? Yeah, um, and he basically brings in Alicia every so often just to throw around her name um, and yep. because she's good at talking to people, really. Um, and and it, it gives you this insight into, well, now we're just dealing with a divorce case and it's not, it's like a lot more grounded in human drama. It's very, it's very compelling. Um, I want to touch on what you said about the inaccuracies because I, I, <laughs> I was watching this show and I, I got my dad to watch an episode and he's a, he's a, a barrister. Um, yeah. He's a lawyer. And so it was very interesting watching it with him because every so often while we're watching, he'll just turn to me and say, that wouldn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like uh, the first thing he pointed out was that um, Alicia's first case when she gets to the firm is she's put in charge. Like she she becomes the first chair on on a murder case on her first day. Yeah, and my dad was like, "There's no way that would ever happen." <laughs> um, but it's weird because he's not a, a binge watcher of TV. Like, he, I don't think he even watches that much TV to begin with, especially not American TV, which he considers to be subpar. Um, I think this is the first show that he's ever binge watched. He's watched six episodes over two days, which is the most I've ever known him to watch a TV show <laughs> ever. Um, yeah, what? Well, yeah. Because I, I think like. You know, even if it's not a hundred percent accurate, I remember, I, I do remember reading something a few years ago that we credited it, um, credited it for um, actually showing that lots of cases just get settled. Um, mm. Because you know, if you look at something like Law and Order or, or or whatever, it's like almost every case goes to trial. Whereas, yeah, I think in real life, it's something like ninety percent of cases are settled out of court. Yeah, and um, you know, The Good Wife probably goes into court more than ten percent of the time, but yeah. They, they put the effort into sort of showing that at least that that's probably a bit abnormal. Yeah, there's one there's one case, the first one with uh, Michael J. Fox's character coming in, where its whole resolution is that they, like, they're celebrating because they get, like, $2 million more than they thought. Like, the number is $4 million instead of $2 million or whatever it is. Yeah. And and they have a big party. <laughs> it's, so, it's so, like, it's so realistic where... They're celebrating for making money. Not they didn't win a case. They just got a number to change on a piece of paper, and it's it's worth so much to them. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think they do do a very good job of of portraying the realism of of these situations. And obviously, it's TV, so they cut out all of the you know the the the, the busy work that goes into this. But yeah, there's um, um there's lots of yeah. montages or or cutting to the bit where they you know they've gone through the massive pile of paper and now they're finding they're finding the, the clue. Yeah, the the valuable piece of information, but it's at least implied that there was, you know, 12 hours of sitting there going through all the crap first. Yeah. Um yeah, and and maybe that's I mean, it's hard to I think this show does a good job of being realistic and it's hard to fault them for not being more realistic than they are because it's a TV show. You have to, <laughs> yeah. At a certain point, to, at a certain point, you got to take dramatic license. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I want to talk about uh, the characters in the show because I think yeah, the, that's the you highlight. touched on. Yeah, the characters really are what make this a strong show, the interplay between the different characters. Um, I think of all the very numerous characters that recur on the show, there's only one I can point to that I don't think is compellingly written, um, whose name is Blake Calamar, which is the name that you would give an evil squid man. Um, <laughs> but for everyone else, like, they're all very well fleshed out, you know? Um yeah. Uh, it's funny. I'm trying to. I'm trying to put a face to that name, and I'm getting nothing. But that he, he's he's a he's the in season two. He's this like evil investigator, which plays as the rival to to Kalinda. Uh sure. Um. <laughs> yeah, anyway, there's a lot of seasons. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, that 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 doesn't even mean because I I definitely have issues. Um. Particularly like watching the good fight over the past couple of weeks. Uh, they just brought back a judge who, according to the Good Wife wiki, hadn't really been seen since season five of The Good Wife. So that's like a four-year gap. Mm. Um, and of course, like I had to Google it because I was like, I think this judge looks familiar, but I don't know. <laughs> and and I mean, you know, as well, it, it can be tough. I mean, if you keep watching, you'll, you'll probably run into this. The Good Wife wiki leaves a lot to be desired. Um, I, I think the kind of general fan base this show accrued is not the sort of rabid wiki filling out fan base that like a science fiction show or something will, mm. will get. So, you know, it's, it's not as fleshed out as, as lots of other relatively nerdier shows, I guess. Mm. Mm. Um, so that, that's probably, that's, that's, that's one issue I have with the show is that <laughs> is the, the fandom, the fan the fandom base doesn't feel like the wiki. Enough editing the wiki. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Talking about Alicia as a character, like, I think she's a good character, I but I don't think she's, uh, I think she has a very strong moral, like, sense, which which can tend to, to lead her to be kind of, um, you know how she's going to act in a given situation, you know? She's the, she's the Captain America of the lawyer Avengers, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah. But she really does play well off her other supporting cast here, who are Will, her boss, Kalinda, her friend slash investigator, and Carrie, who plays the role of her rival. Um, yeah. They're all kind of lawyers who will work to get a thing done, and some they have varying levels of worrying about ethics or not worrying about ethics or, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah. I, I want to talk about Carrie because he is such an interesting character as the rival. Um, and, yeah, and I think he does exemplify how strongly written this show is. Yeah, particularly because um, he's one of those characters who, at the start, comes across that he's just going to be some sort of preppy, spoiled, uh, you know, kid lawyer who, who yeah. you know, just sort of goes all in or whatever. But yeah, he actually turns out to be a lot more rounded than that. I think it's interesting. I, I don't know what the what the uh, distance between them doing filming the pilot and then getting ordered to season is, but uh, there's like a clear difference in Carrie's character from episode one to episode two. And I think it's because they, they kind of saw him and they were like, this guy doesn't seem like a real human being enough. And then they <laughs> developed him a lot. Um, he, so he, we kind of mentioned he's, he's Alicia's rival throughout season one for this job, but we established very early on that, that he doesn't want to play this as like an enemy's situation <laughs> and yeah. Alicia obviously doesn't either and they they become quite good like they have quite a good close working relationship throughout the season um yeah in particular because um the 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 powers that be keep putting them together to see 
to, to wait to sort of see who's better by putting yeah. them right up against each other so they end up working together a lot yeah and it's very easy to imagine how in a in a worse written show he would just they would they would like actively sabotage each other or carrie would actively sabotage alicia um to try and get ahead but he just he doesn't at all it's it's mm. great um and then uh, at the end of season one he loses out on the job and he goes and he works for the closest thing that can, can be called to the villain of this show which is uh uh, Lee, Ch- Lee Childs, yeah, um, and yet he's still like a good person. It's very strange. <laughs> he like he'll go up against him in cases, and he'll try very hard to win, but he'll never be disrespectful. He'll never like break the rules. He he still has a good working relationship with Kalinda. Um, it's it's like it could it could have been so easy for them to make him a a boring villain character and they don't and it's 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 very compelling um yeah to the extent that i don't know where his story is gonna go i don't know if he's gonna like fall further down to become more of a villain or if he's gonna like in air quotes redeem himself to come back at the firm or or whatever it is but um yeah it's it's engaging i want to see where it goes you know yeah no totally um uh, yeah it's and i think all of them like sort of like you said alicia sort of stands in the center and because because mm. she's the focus of all the episodes you kind of get a better idea of what she's going to do and, and i mean i i think in the later seasons they start to challenge her more and, and you know they keep giving her arcs and stuff but but mm. definitely sort of yeah towards the end i found of the show like season six and seven i found myself much more interested in when they were cutting to yeah all of those other characters and, and their plot lines um because yeah. they they all they all changed a lot more and they, they get to move around a bit. I mean, Alicia just sort of, because the show centered around her is kind of more static. Yeah. She's kind of stuck in some ways because, you know, they can't just have her ship off to another firm because then all of the other cast members would, you know, lose their jobs. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I, I don't want that to be read as like, saying she's a boring character because she's definitely not like she's a compelling engaging lead main character um it's just that there are a lot of other characters as well that are even more compelling (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and i think i could really talk about each of them for a few minutes but i probably shouldn't we've touched (laughs) on like two characters at the at the law part of her life and we haven't really touched on her home life at, at all which has its own cast of strong characters Oh, uh, if we start talking about Jackie, we're not going to be gone anytime yep, soon. Yeah, the that, overbearing that. <laughs> mother-in-law, that's great. And then we have the, the her two children who are not just, like, ways for her to assert her her motherhood, which they would be in a worse show, but they're, like, fleshed-out characters with their own motivations and their own, like, yeah. stories. It's, and, and yeah. In fact, I, I don't know how far it's gone in season two, but um, I, I'd say by the end of the show, um, Zach and Grace's... Uh, like the the kids their character arcs are probably some of the more interesting yeah um like the the sort of the changes they go through over the seven years um are really profound and make it makes sense because they start the show at like 13 or 14 yeah so of course by the time they're in their early 20s they're very different people um yeah and it's it's good to see that rather than them just being the kids them just being the kids for their whole life which again i, I don't want to shit on castle too much but that's something that that definitely happened there <laughs> castle has a daughter who 
is the kid for the entire, for the entire <laughs> series, you know, and yeah. only really acts so he can he can prove that he's not such a bad guy because look, he's an okay dad, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a great show. Look, let's let's wrap it up because I don't want to just talk about each of the characters for too long. Um, yeah, sure. They're all great. There's one introduced towards the end of season one, Eli Gold, who's oh, again. Yeah. He's like written to be, or like on his face, he seems to be kind of career oriented and a bit heartless, but he subverts that and goes against that a lot. And it, it's, it's very interesting. Um, it's a good show. It's a good show. And if I had to numerically rank how good of a show it was, which well, I you do, do. yeah, <laughs> um, I'd, I'd probably give it a nine out of 10 or maybe a nine and a half. Like I haven't found a show that it's, I can't point to flaws in it, you know, like there are some parts where it's a bit over dramatized, but. Beyond that, it's hard to point to anything in it and say, this makes me not enjoy the show as much. Yeah, and it's 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 such a classy, well-put-together yeah. show. Yeah. Um, it, it really exudes this sense of, like, people caring about putting in the effort to make this show, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's well-made from top to bottom, yeah. for sure. Um, um, and, I'm and gonna, I, I think, rest I know... on a nine, I think. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to say because I know the Good Fight, um, the spinoff, mm. it, it's actually because it doesn't air on TV. It's part of um, CBS's on-demand streaming service, whatever the hell they called it. Um, Let's not dive too deep into the overabundance of streaming services because I think yeah. other people have done it. But uh, yeah. um, oh, I just want because because the thing is, is it went in with a much smaller budget mm. and is just sort of a you know on, on a streaming service. So I know I wasn't the only one who kind of assumed that that meant that it would cut, like you'd notice the lack of production value, but it honestly... Yeah, you'd see the same. Yeah, it, it hasn't been a problem. So I think there's less episodes, like the, the seasons are only 10 to 12 episodes long now, um, but it, it like it looks the same. It's the same style. It's the same showrunners yeah. and everything. So you, you, yeah, you honestly, hey. you wouldn't know that it was a, as it was a budget for sure. I have a, I have a question for you here. How is yeah. Ridley Scott associated with this show? Because his name comes yeah. up at the end of every episode and it's so confusing. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought about bringing that up uh, in the prescription, but I was worried that that might give you the wrong idea of what this show was. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I finished the first episode and I saw, I don't know what it is, like executive producer Ridley Scott and Tony Scott, his brother, I'm like, yeah. What? Wait, what? What the fuck? Um. So, so as far as I can tell, like the show was created by Robert and Michelle King. Um. Yeah. And they're really, so they're like the showrunners, and and they're yeah. heavily involved in everything. Um. Tony and Ridley Scott. I think Tony's passed away now, so it just credits Ridley at the end. But um, they were the major financiers of the show early on, right. and I think they have, they have had creative input and stuff as well I, I did try to sort of look it up and i couldn't find anything too concrete about mm. how actually involved, how involved they, they were yeah. um so i don't i don't fully know but they definitely i think they they saw sort of the original pitch and, and bits of the pilot and they were the ones who were like yeah let's let's finance this this is good <laughs> i mean it's um, cool having ridley scott's name at the end of every episode of your legal drama it just is very yeah. strange <laughs> um yeah cool so <laughs> Yeah, so I guess I'll give it a, a, a 9 out of 10 okay. um, before we just ramble about the characters for too long. Yeah. So, audience, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook if you want to interact with the show. Um, you could also leave us a review on iTunes, which we'd really appreciate. Links to all of those things I just mentioned are on our website, which is mediamdpodcast.com. 
as well as links to our discussion threads, different ways to contact us, and all of our previous clues for the Media MD ARG. Help us figure out just who is Dr. MD and why is his wife so good. Elliot, why don't you tell the listeners this week's clue? Ah, thong. Thong. And we'll see you next week. I think I reused that one. I did.